Are you intrigued with the idea of hiring an innovation manager or think maybe you actually even already have one and don't know it? Stay tuned for my very fun, interesting conversation with Alec Broadfoot and Kate Norton of VisionSpark. They have figured out how to benchmark the key traits of wonderful, successful innovation managers. Stay tuned. Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Team Success. Today, we are doing a deep dive on an idea that I am incredibly excited about, and that is the concept or idea of the role of an innovation manager. An innovation manager is a role that really, what I notice is that we've got visionaries, we've got the make it up people, we've got people who are just always innovating, often founders and owners and entrepreneurs. And then there's a lot of people who are really good at what we call making it recur, which are those people who are really great at systems and tasks and getting stuff done. But there was a gap in the middle, and this is the make it real people. And so we've called this an innovation manager, sometimes also project manager, but you can't advertise for that because then you get more of a process manager, that focus manager. But there's this missing link. So I am very excited because today I have two of my favorite people, Alec Broadfoot and Kate Norton of Vision Spark, because they took this idea and ran with it. So this is actually taking the idea of an innovation manager and making a lot more real. So you can see why I'm so excited. So Alec and Kate, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. It's good to see you. Thank you. So we're going to talk about, as we go through, a brilliant idea that, Kate, you had for benchmarking this role. Sounds great, but what is it? What does that position actually look like? Alec, you're brilliant at really describing the talents and capabilities that are required in that. And we did, well, thanks to Kate. Kate will tell you about it. But we actually figured out how to benchmark this role. So that's what you're going to be able to do. So if you're thinking that this would be a good you know, way to fill in that missing link. So if you're If you're an owner or a visionary listening, when you hand off your idea to a lot of your team, it goes to the bottom of their list. They already have 20 things ahead of your idea. Thank you very much. And they're like, hmm, I'll fit it in next Wednesday at four. You know, and you're like, oh, I want to start it today. And what's interesting about an innovation manager is they actually put it on the top of their list. So they're compassionate about your new idea. They love to take something that's not fully formed and put flesh on the bones is one way I talk about it, but, you know, just to make it real, to add it into supplement, to add their own creativity. And then there's a point at which they need to hand it over to the process people who will actually make it more efficient. This is not me. Make it more efficient, make it profitable. <laughs> because oftentimes if we're involved, we're still changing the idea as it's moving. So that's really important. So this middle role is so critical. And to have two, again, incredibly knowledgeable and talented people kind of play with this idea and get it more concrete with me is very exciting. So Alec, why don't you introduce yourself and Vision Spark just to set some context as to why this is such a cool collaboration. Yeah, so Alec Broadfit with Vision Spark. Vision Spark, we are passionate about helping entrepreneurs make the right people decisions. And we're all about helping companies 10X become self-managing by helping them hire the right who's to lead their company to the next level. Love it. And how long have you been doing this for? We've been doing this 10 years. Nice. Yeah. And one of the tools that we're going to talk about is the Achiever Profile. And that's one of the key instruments that you use to help really figure out how to get the right people, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So we use a science approach to our 
hiring system. So we use research-based interview questions, and then we use a really cool assessment tool. And so using the two of those really evaluate someone's core behavior and learned behavior. Nice. Core behavior and learned behavior. So this is great. I'm just going to make a differentiation because a lot of the audience listening, a lot of you listening, will have heard me talk about Colby a lot, Mm -hmm. right? And I love this because in terms of the head, heart, and gut model of human behavior, what you're measuring is the head, the cognitive, and the affective in terms of behavior, but you're not covering the cognitive. So achiever plus Colby, you've covered all the things, which is really powerful. And it's really actually tough to find, we've discovered, it's been really challenging to find really good cognitive profiles. A lot of people add a lot of other stuff into them. They've gotten more harder, more complicated. So I love that you have a good cognitive profile. And the cognitive part, by the way, (laughs) is something that I was really late to the party on, understanding how actually important it is. Most people's starting point, it was my endpoint. Because I'm so used to profiling for personality, profiling for Colby. But if those two things check all the boxes on your list and the person's still not working out, there's only one thing left. And that's the cognitive. So I am completely sold on having all three parts of the mind measured well. And I love that Achiever covers off those two so brilliantly. And in very specific measurable behavioral categories, which again, a lot of profiles don't do. So yes to all the things. Now, Kate, my friend, benchmarking the innovation manager was your brainchild, for which I'm incredibly grateful. So please introduce yourself, your role, and the project that you came up with. Sure. Well, thank you for letting us be here. I feel like we're almost your putting meat on the bones of this idea, right? You totally are. A little bit of a make it real. So my name is Kate Norton. I sit in a growth seat at Vision Spark. I'm a client strategist. So I have the pleasure of all day long, every day, talking to the leaders and the visionaries around the country who are trying to figure out who the next seat on the bus is going to be in order to have a self-managing company like Alec mentioned and to bring in people that are you know, operating in their unique abilities. So as I was having these conversations, and as I've you know, gotten to know some strategic coach partners that we have, this term kept coming up. And so it just got me curious really more than anything. And I wanted to learn more about it and how we can help companies that are you know, wanting to be 10X, as Alec mentioned, how we can help them get the right people in the innovation manager seat. So yeah, so that was why I came to you and said, hey, let's talk about this more. How can VisionSpark help to benchmark and profile these people with our Achiever assessment as a first tool? And then certainly how can we help attract those folks who are out there looking, who may not even know that they're innovation managers right now? Right. How do we create these position profiles to, that are pretty much a fancy name for job description, right? But how do we create these to attract candidates who want to do this job? And I think that's a really great point, to my experience anyway, is that innovation managers are not a dime a dozen, right? It's actually easier to find a more what we call focus or process manager, someone who's a specialist, a strategic planner, a systems analyst, you know, someone who's really good at some of those deep dive specific things. But it's actually hard to find someone who will take that crazy idea that's barely formed, make it real, and then be willing to hand it off. That in-between capability, which is so critical, is something that's not as common. It's not as easy to find and identify. And even if you are one, you're going to be in another role. Who knows what your title will be? And you might be like excited by some parts of your role, but frustrated by other parts. So this will really help you get clarity 
which is fantastic. And then if you're looking to hire someone, you, I, I'm hoping you go, oh, that's who I've been looking for. <laughs> you just didn't have a name for it, but now you have a name and a tool and some who's to help you find them, which I think is so exciting. So you're definitely my make it real person for this idea, which I think is just such an exciting opportunity for a lot of people because it is the missing link. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, well, both of you are nine quick start visionary type people. And when you have a new idea, once you've come up with the idea and you've got excited and you can explain what it looks like when it's, you know, done and done well and the best and the worst result about it, but then you're kind of done. And then you need someone else to go, oh, I get you. Then we need this, 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 and this. We need to talk to this and this and this, and this person. You know, we have to bring in this technology. We have to do this in this sequence. And you're like, oh, right, we do. Yeah, better you than me, <laughs> right? You know, so that's actually kind of how this came about. So let's talk about benchmarking and how you guys do this. Again, I think this is a phenomenal capability to be able to determine the type of role, the type of person you're looking for, and then to be able to put measurable, scientifically based, as you said, Alec, frameworks around it, because then you know, yes or no, whether or not this person fits into that. So, Kate, tell us about the benchmarking process. So we have a make it real person, you know, at Vision Spark as well. And so once we kind of came up with this idea and wanted to learn more, we enlisted Bethany on our team, who is just phenomenal at her job. And she's our guru around this assessment. And we asked you to identify a few innovation managers that you know and love, you know, within not only Strategic Coach, but some other partners, clients of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we put them through the assessment and we looked for some synergies within their results and really kind of overlaid their results and and came up with, with I believe, a, a really good profile around what would work well mm-hmm. for somebody in this seat. And so Alec, I think, has a lot more information that you can share on the nuts and bolts of that and how that would work for companies that are running on Strategic Coach to get these people in the right seat. Mm, I love it. So I picked three at the very, 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 very top innovation managers that I know who are somewhat aware of what they're doing. So they're in that, not only do they have the capabilities, but they're actually in that seat doing that role of which, you know, our own strategic coaches, Kathy Davis was one, but you identified some great common elements. So Achiever measures a lot of different things and some are more heavily weighted for certain roles than others. So Alec, break down for us what, what seemed to have emerged as the necessary pattern for success in, as an innovation manager. Yeah, so there were five key areas. And so it was very fascinating to me. It was not something that I expected. There was five really key areas. So one was critical thinking, problem-solving ability. So we, with our assessment, we measure someone's mental acuity. Mm -hmm. So these innovation managers all had higher mental acuities, which means they can problem solve, they can think strategically, they're critical thinkers. And so that was something that came out as a significant benchmark for this type of role? So in my head, I go, oh, they're really smart, (laughs) which actually is a very important characteristic of someone working with an intelligent entrepreneur, just so you know. But it's actually even more than that, though, right? There's a certain type of intelligence, that acuity, that speed. So diving a little bit deeper, because I like the critical thinking and problem solving. I mean, I've seen it in action, Mm -hmm. but I find it fascinating that you can actually profile for it. Yeah, so it's really someone's learning speed. So it's not an IQ measurement, so it's their learning speed. So someone who's a very much a hands-on learner, they learn by doing. And then there's others that learn conceptually. They can 
listen to a quick conversation, they get it right away, they can read it, they understand it. That's what it measures. It's someone's learning speed. I always like to bring up my boys. You know, I've got two boys we were talking about earlier, and they're both really smart kids. But one of them can pull an all-nighter and go into an exam and crank it out. The other one is studying all week. They're getting the same results, but it's just a different way of their speed to learning and how they process it. And the one that works for the innovation manager, is that more the person who would pull the all-nighter? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a person who's just kind of like that quick can, you know, move pretty quickly and um, is really quick to learn mm-hmm. and can really just dive and weave and move and you know, move quickly in that space. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a, a manager that worked for me years ago and this was somewhat new technology. We use credit card processing. We had to batch orders. And so it was probably a 10 step process. And I trained this new manager and she's very you know, very capable individual, good manager, but it probably took her watching me 20 times and then me watching her another 20 times. And I was pulling my hair out because I'm like, this is not that complicated, but she was very much a hands-on learner and she had to learn that way. Got you. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a really good point. So especially since visionaries are tossing around new ideas, depending on their Colby quick start, if you're Dan Sullivan, it's the night before, or the morning of sometimes, right? So you need someone who can respond quickly and not be completely frozen mm-hmm. or incapacitated by that need for urgency. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that, that kind of leads us to the second aspect because they need to be very adaptable and flexible, right? So if you have someone who's really rigid, they're very process oriented, they have their whole day planned out. You know, visionaries, entrepreneurs, they have different ideas at different times of the day and and they may change different priorities. And so someone who's very process oriented can have a really hard time with that visionary. And so when we did the benchmarking, all of them had very high flexibility score. So they were super flexible, super adaptable, which leads to them being very creative as well. Nice. Okay. So I love that you can actually measure creativity. Yes. Yes. So this same measurement that scores where individuals are very flexible, we find a lot of them in advertising agencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. a lot of the creative folks, you know, we find that, you know, if they're really rigid, that's going to lend itself well to be in a different role. The unique ability is going to be more geared towards a CFO, right? Do you want your CFO to be super flexible? Probably not. And unless you're interested <laughs> in creative accounting, no. <laughs> <laughs> they may be in jail pretty quickly, right? Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And I know at least, again, strategic coaches our world, entrepreneurs are all over our worlds, is that there is so much creativity and having a partner, having a buddy for this is so key. And I know with, I'm going to just use Kathy Davis because we just did a project yesterday and today that was amazing. Brand, brand, brand new stuff. And it got better every time I saw it. I saw it, well, twice. And each time I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Oh my gosh, that's even more amazing, right? So there's just new stuff and I just get to be impressed by it, which is really fun. And also I'm not interested in controlling it. So don't be looking for an innovation manager if you're, I was gonna use a very unflattering term, control freak. But if you're someone who has to have, you know, everything done your way, Probably an innovation manager is not who you're looking for, but if you're looking for somebody who help will take your ideas and expand them and add more to them than you could even imagine and make it better, then this is who you're looking for. We talk about the yes and kind of people, right? 
Not yeah, yeah but. First rule of improv is yes and not no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So that's the adaptability. Okay. What's the third? So the third one is that they have, which was really fascinating to me, that they have a very high vocabulary with business terminology. So they're pretty experienced. They have a good understanding of financial and managerial vocabulary. So that was really unusual to me, but I think it really helps them with their expertise, right? So we'll talk about that later, but their expertise in that new idea. Mm -hmm. From what you're saying, I'm going to assume then that people have to have been around in business for a while. They're not going to be someone fresh out of college, for example. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I don't know if I can say that conclusively. So you could have someone who is, you know, they're a really quick learner and they really gain understanding of business very quickly. They get a a good level of business vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we can say that conclusively. Right. That's a good point. Of course, I'm just correcting myself. I'm like, okay, if you grew up in an entrepreneurial family, went to a business school program or just an entrepreneurial program of any kind or had your own business, you're going to get the vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but I think, you know, that's a few people, but, you know, basically someone who's into business, like I know people, you know, even with whom I work, who they're in business, but their passion is education or their passion is something else. But people who are passionate about business tend to pick this up. So that would be a good clue. And I wonder too, if, you know, these people have to kind of be in the center. We talked about these people being in the center of the web, right? Within an organization. And so they need to have the savvy to be able to talk, the talk, the jargon towards the different departments within the organization. And I feel like if they didn't have that high level of business terminology, they may fall short and not, not garner the respect they need with all these different folks. Would that be true? Yeah, absolutely. That is such a brilliant point. Mm-hmm. Like if I think about some of the innovation managers I know, they can speak to tech, they can speak to production and graphics mm-hmm. and design, they can speak to salespeople, they can speak to, our, in our case, our program advisors, they can speak to me, they can speak to Dan. Mm-hmm. Like they just have this incredible adaptability to communicate mm-hmm. with whomever their audience is. And it's interesting because Kathy realized she needed to be one type of way for her visionaries in a totally different way in Colby terms to work with the production team, which would make anyone else crazy. That's called a chameleon, right? Totally <laughs> a chameleon. Yeah. They enjoy it. It's not painful, right? It's something it's taps into all their strengths and it's, it's a win for them and they find it exciting and energizing versus overwhelming. Yes. Love this. All right. What's number four? So number four would be spontaneity, variety, and multitasking. So we measure this with a couple of different dimensions. So one is that flexibility component that they're very flexible, but the other is their organization ability. So they're not super organized where the plan is gospel, right? That, you know, visionaries, companies will come up with a plan. Here's the plan. And visionaries are known for kind of changing the plan on the fly and it may frustrate team members. And so individuals who are very adamant about a certain plan are not going to do well here because they're not going to be super spontaneous. So what we found here is that they have a good balance of both wanting a plan, but being very adaptable. So the plan is not gospel. They can tweak it. They can work with it. A general idea is good. And they're also not super disorganized where they're just as disorganized as the visionary. You know, I'm talking about myself right now too. So <laughs> yep. oh, get so they can kind of go with the flow and they can adapt. The adaptation I've realized, and normally I would have said just the visionary is changing it, but they can also adapt when the marketplace or the clientele 
or the team has a, it's like, oh, this, this project is shifting, you know, and then they can communicate it back to the visionary. This is why we need to do it this way, right? So they're very tuned into all of the different constituents or audiences that they're serving, which I find really interesting. Yes. We had a client that I was speaking to right after, you know, COVID hit and they were in the medical space. And the person on their team that really, I didn't think about it as an innovation manager at the time, it was their clinical director, but she very quickly innovated and created how they were going to manage the clients coming through, like the drive-through type of experience. So it was still a good ideal client experience and went with their brand, but that was somebody who innovated very quickly. Nice. And who flexed, Mm -hmm. right, with what was going on with the marketplace. Yes. Yeah. We have found that those individuals that really were able to do that really well in the pandemic, they had leadership teams with high mental acuities, Mm -hmm. right? So they were able to turn on the fly and pivot as that term was overused in the pandemic, but they were able to adapt very quickly. And they use that critical thinking skills to say, how can we solve this problem? And they were able to communicate it to all the different people. Yes. Perfect example. Yes. I love this. Now I want to talk about one other aspect of spontaneity, variety, and multitasking. Are these people also bored easily? Yes. So they are bored easily, right? So the individuals that have high mental acuity can get bored super easy. So if you take someone who's got a really quick learning speed, they can problem solve and you put them on an assembly line and they have to put caps on a water bottle like all day long, right? They're going to want to jump off a bridge, right? They're bored out of their mind, right? But individuals who are more of a hands-on learner, they can do those, those types of positions and be okay with it. Interesting. Yeah, because again, thinking about the people I know, they want constant challenge. They want new projects. Mm-hmm. They don't want to work on the same project for two years. They want a new project every three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and multiple projects sometimes they're juggling those balls too. So, yeah, I mean, spider in the middle of a web, you know, a juggling artist, all of those things is how I think about it. And it's energizing. That's the other mm-hmm. point about this. It's not taxing, it's not draining. They're not doing it just because they have to, they do it because it's fun. And they're really good at it. Yeah, they love a challenge. They love a challenge. And if they haven't done it, good. That means there's something new. Right. Right? But they'll bring to bear all the stuff that they already know and and will tweak it in a new way to make it interesting. Yeah. I love it. This person's emerging in my thinking (laughs) as you're talking. And what's the last one? The last one is their customer service orientation. So this is very similar to the visionary and entrepreneur. So we have found that most of our clients who are visionaries, they are more on the sensitive side. And so it's a great trait to have. So innovation managers are also that way. So they're very attuned. You talked about that just a little bit ago of what the needs of the clients are, what the needs of the marketplace are. So visionaries are very attuned to clients and trends and innovation managers are also attuned to that, but they're also wanting to please the visionary. So they're sensitive to what the visionary entrepreneur wants. And so they're able to, come through with the different projects, the different ideas that that visionary has. As you said that, I know, you know, when someone's hearing this, they're like, okay, I really need one. now." Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants to be supported that way, right? Everyone wants to have someone else who's actually like, oh, I want your idea. I want to help make it real. I want to flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Let's have some fun with this. Because, you know, having coached team members and entrepreneurs for 27 years, one of the biggest disconnects is how people respond to a new idea because mm-hmm. most people don't have an innovation manager. And so they hand it to the team. Again, it goes to the bottom of the list, as I mentioned earlier, but they're like, oh, and what you hear is all the reasons why it won't work. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but this is in place. We don't know this yet. Now, truth is, when you're hearing those obstacles, it does mean that someone's engaged in the idea. They didn't care. They wouldn't give you that very useful information. But sometimes entrepreneurs, as you said, are very sensible, almost all the time. And they're like, they just need someone to go, oh, what an interesting idea. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing about the word interesting. It doesn't commit you to anything. (laughs) 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 It's not good or bad. It just is interesting, right? Then the entrepreneur sometimes goes, oh, actually, no, it's not really. And then they'll go on to the next one. But just having... You know, for this innovation manager to be able to receive the idea graciously and generously is a massive win from the get-go. Because mm-hmm. I see the pain that happens when that's not the response. So this person is the one who'll go, oh, wow, cool. Let's see what we can do with this, right? You're pitching the ball and it's getting caught. That's yes. the big deal. And I agree with you. And, you know, I, I have a theory in it right now. And so we'll see if this will pain out. But, you know, the, the mantra, and you, you said this earlier, like, you know, visionaries come up with ideas, entrepreneurs have ideas, and then they're, you know, no, that won't work. I believe that the ideas are better than perceived. And having that innovation manager, you'll have someone that can really flush it out and make it really clear and articulate that idea. Mm-hmm. And those ideas, more of the ideas will come into fruition, right? So they say entrepreneurs have 20 ideas, one's good. I think it's probably more like five. Right. And so an innovation manager can really make those ideas come to light. Mm. Okay. Just a theory. There's a hunger theory building <laughs> yeah. here. I'm, I'm liking it. It's awesome. All right. So just to recap, one is critical thinking and problem solving. Number two is adaptability, flexibility, and creativity. Who doesn't love that? Three, high level vocabulary and business terms. I love that you can test for this. Four is spontaneity, variety, and multitasking. So lots of things on the go. That's fun. And then five, real customer service orientation. Very sensitive to the different audiences, including the entrepreneur. So is this a super rare human? Are they actually findable? Yes, they're absolutely findable, but it's not every day that you can find this person. So it's really important to interview them well, have them take an assessment like the one we offer. I would say, you know, based on what we found, maybe one out of 20, Mm -hmm. maybe less than that, you know, less than 5% of the population can do this job well. Interesting. There's something to remember too, is that, you know, on the benchmarking, that is core behaviors that we look at. And a lot of people who have been in roles like this or even operated as a piece of their, you know, job function, they have learned behaviors. So even if they don't fall right within the benchmarking that we've looked at for this innovation manager through a really robust behavioral interview process, you may be able to find that they have the experience to be able to do this job really well. Right. That's a great point. So that they're not complete and total unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great place to start. You know, assessments are, we always say, what, maybe 30% Alec of the overall look when you're working to attract somebody to be a long-term fit. So this is a piece of the pie. Yes. Yes. Although I think it's a really crucial piece. Mm -hmm. And I think there are actually some innovation managers listening right now. They're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that we're actually putting vocabulary to people so they can recognize it. But again, until now, it hasn't been a term. It hasn't been a role that someone advertises for. You're changing that. Love you. (laughs) So now they're like, oh, that's me. Please put your hand up. There are jobs waiting for you. (laughs) Hopefully in your own company, but if not in others. And I think a lot of people can now start to self-identify that that is actually how they work. And also, they tend to thrive, I think, in a lot of different types of organizations, a lot of different roles. But then finding this is their absolute sweet spot 
where this is most of what they're doing, right. that's the opportunity to expand. You were talking about unique ability earlier, Kate, to expand their unique ability impact, right? And say no to those more routine things or no to those crazy make it up stuff that the crazy brainstorming, they're like, hmm. you know, it's like if they can just expand what they're doing and push off some of those other things, that's creating a ton of value right there. So hopefully some people, as you're listening, this could be you. But don't you think that in the entrepreneurial environment in the last, definitely the last 10 years, it's given visionaries permission to be visionaries. And wouldn't this be really fun to give the visionaries permission to have these type of people on their teams and for those people to raise their hand and say, yes, I'm this person. Yes. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about the triad because this, well, when I get my rear-ending gear, will be the next book. (laughs) Next book on teamwork. And it really is that make it up, make it real, make it recur triad. Other terms are the visionary, the project or innovation manager, and then the process or focus manager. Mm -hmm. We use both those terms. So that triad, when it works, is almost like a little project team for the entrepreneur. Yeah. And my picture of it, and I see it sometimes, is people move companies and this core little team moves with them. They'll sell one company, start another one. And it's this, you know, the innovation manager is kind of like special projects. Yeah, that's another good term, actually. You know, so the special projects person, in other words, new, it's not, we made it up, let's make it real. That's powerful because when when you have that partnership and that teamwork with a visionary and a make it real person, that's magic. And then you have one or two, sometimes three focus managers, strategic assistants, a really great example of a fabulous focus manager. Mm -hmm. They can run circles around other companies right? Brand new things get created with a small, small group of people because it's just, you know, the impact is huge, but you, you're missing any of those and, it, and the wheels fall off is how I like to think about it. And you take that triad and you move it to the next company and you create replacements for those folks in the current company mm-hmm. is really, I think, what would work well for a lot of people that I know that I talk to that are in coach. They're looking for yes. that mm-hmm. type of a triad to move along and to keep their visions on fire. Mm-hmm. And both of you were talking about this earlier, but it's like when you have someone who will actually embrace your idea, you know, the ideas go from one out of 20 being any good to five, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of them die in the vine and they didn't have to. So I think you're right. A lot more really good ideas can come to life and be birthed and be, you know, out in the world and having an impact. If we partner up and triad up, mm-hmm. there's such a term that make it real and make it recur person. Yeah. That'd be very cool. And Alec, you know, we've talked a lot about the galvanizing and the discernment and things like that and the working geniuses. Don't you think discernment may be a really key piece of this too? I do. I do think that, yeah, that's a good point. And I also was thinking too that, you know, coach really talks about employees not being an expense, but being an investment, right? And so just an encouragement for the entrepreneurs listening, you know, think about this as an investment. Someone like this may be more affordable than you realize, and you're going to get a lot of return out of it. It may be infinite return if you can 10x your company with two or three amazing ideas. I love that story. It's interesting because I know that for me, my future, if I don't have Kathy, and it is just Kathy, by the way, there's, I can't imagine a replacement for her. Like my future gets so small without her. Mm. <laughs> so small. And right now it's huge because of her. Now, how she supports Dan, me, the whole company and our coaches, I actually have no idea. She can multitask. 
<laughs> like nobody's business. <laughs> but it's like my future is so big because of that relationship and it would be so small without it. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, when you know. And she's found her sweet spot. She's done numerous different roles and coach and knowledge products team and workshop success, well, workshop resource team. But when she landed in this spot, this is how she can expand her. You can really impact as we yeah. like to say. So when the person finds the right seat, which might be made for them, it's genius. It's amazing what can happen. Yeah. So I love it. There's a fabulous acronym, Kate. The acronym was your idea, but Bethany actually came up with it. Do you want to say it or yeah. should I? Because I think it's brilliant. No, I, we talked about, okay, how can we really make this real by saying, how do we take all the cool things that Alec just talked about that create the benchmark and boil it down into R-E-A-L, the real acronym. So real is reasoning skills, E is expertise, A is adaptability, and L is leadership. And so it's just a different way of packaging all of the things that we talked about so that we can we can really remember how we can make this real and, and overlay these results on human beings. Mm, I love it. I'm going to say it again because it was so good. So R is reasoning skills, E is expertise, A is adaptability, and L is leadership. Let's make it real. I love the story. I think this make it real person is going to look different in every single company. So I I think we want to make sure that we don't create a perception that this is a robot type of a, a feel. You know, when we work to attract whatever role it is within the company, it's very unique when we bring the team together and define the role. And so for each company that may be listening or for each innovation manager that may have put that hat on by listening to this, you're unique. And the company that you're going to flourish in should be looking to attract you, right? Mm -hmm. And your unique abilities within these parameters. Right. One other thought that just came to mind, because I road tested this on my team leadership group in Strategic Coach, so Toronto and Chicago. And what's really interesting is I asked them, how many of you would consider yourself to be a focus manager, right? Mm-hmm. Or a process manager? How many of you would you consider yourself to be an innovation manager? Most of the hands went up. Wow. Yeah. And if I think about, you know, some companies are small, obviously some of our clients have big companies too, but they've risen to that leadership level because they can take the visionaries ideas and make them real and communicate them to the rest of the team. And in an entrepreneurial company, that's called leadership. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Now, who knows what titles they have? It's probably not innovation manager, but it's really interesting. So many of them, because they can cross the bridge between the people who are much more regimented, it's not the word I want to use, but much more process driven versus the not even yet really fully dreamt of, you know, the people in the middle, they can translate, right? They're brilliant translators, mediators. They can kind of make everyone feel good and move things ahead. And that's how they've risen to that leadership level. So I thought that was interesting. And that's thought I haven't shared with you guys yet, but that's what I see is that they they get elevated pretty quickly because the entrepreneur finally has someone to talk to. That's true. I believe it. I believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's the people that may be in that in-between space that may be being pushed up out of the focus process manager. You're going to know that they're not in the right innovation manager seat if they have a lot of anxiety. I think if yes. you're seeing a lot of anxiety with a lot of these new ideas, and it's just who they are. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it feels uncomfortable, that level of change and that level of flexibility. They're not great at being chameleons, but it makes them wonderful at their jobs. I just love the strategic coach message that let's understand ourselves better. And then we can help our companies understand how we can contribute the most. Yes. Yes. You know, figure out who you are. Know thyself. Rule number one. 
If you don't know yourself, you will not appreciate mm-hmm. yourself or anybody else. So teamwork's almost impossible. Yeah. At least the quality of teamwork that I'm talking about. Yeah. So hundred percent, that's all of what it's about. Because once you know that you're like, oh my gosh, you're so much better at this part than I am. Could we partner up together? But you don't, at no point you have to undermine your own capabilities. You just know where your strengths are, where your non-strengths are. And then you partner to someone's strengths and you've got strengths plus strengths. Yep. Nothing wrong with I that. I would say know thyself and know thy team right? If you know your strengths and weaknesses of your team, your productivity is going to increase. You're going to know who to delegate what to, and you're going to know what not to delegate, right? So really you need to know your team and their strengths. So there may be entrepreneurs listening that maybe you're thinking of someone on their team that may be a good innovation manager and it would, you know, it would behoove them to get them evaluated to see, is this the right people move? That's a great idea. Yeah. So, and I'm sure brains are popping right now. (laughs) I hear them. You know, they're like, Ooh, I think I know one. Let's check it out. So let's move into that. So if someone does want an innovation manager or they think they have one and they want to profile them against this benchmark. So what action can they take? I always like to make sure people know what to do as a result of listening to all this great information. So how can they connect with you guys? Because you're the only ones who have a way to clearly identify innovation managers. So Vision Spark is it, as far as I'm concerned. So how can they connect with you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm the person that they can reach out to. That's my job. I love to strategize with clients and talk about, do they have somebody on their team right now that it would make sense to do an assessment on to see if they fall within this benchmark you know, for the innovation manager? The other thing is that if they don't think they have somebody on their team and they want to look to attract the right person for that seat. You know, that's something else that we do. We work with their teams. We have an entire proven process on how to write what we call a position profile, which is a fancy name for a job description. But that's where we're talking to this person. It's not just about the job. We're talking to this person. Mm -hmm. And what we find, Shannon, which is just like so exciting is when we follow up with our partners that we've done this position profiling for where we write the job description and they're talking about the people that came into the job search and they are saying to them, Hey, why are you looking? You know, why do you want to leave your job? Those folks that have resonated with these position profiles that we write the most are saying, you know, I wasn't looking. I just read your job description and it's the dream job that I used to have, or I didn't even know I wanted. And so that's a real key piece of the Vision Spark process. So we do the assessment that Alex shared with you, but then we also write these position profiles that we're just super excited about, you know, bringing the innovation manager to that space. And that is so key. And I I think that that is the secret to a really great, you know, job description or advertisement is like when someone starts to read it and they're like, they start to salivate because they're like, oh, that was written for me. And it was. So the right position profile really attracts, strongly attracts the right fit people and actually repels the wrong ones. That's That's right. And then once we do that, then we will continue forward, you know, with our partners and move them through a full search, you know, for this person to make sure it's the right person. And Alec has built an entire company on knowing how to vet the folks for their mental aptitudes, their personality assessment, but also for their learned behaviors like we talked about. And so that's what we do all day long every day. But yeah, attracting and repelling is two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Well, it's a secret to really good marketing. And and one of my previous podcasts was around the need for talent marketing. Like we have to be able to take our same marketing talents that we would apply to attract clients. But right now, Mm -hmm. the tougher commodity in some ways is the right team members. 
mm-hmm. right? Like we have to apply that same expertise over there, over here. And good, really good marketing is attracting the right people and repelling the wrong people. Writing job descriptions is pretty much my least favorite thing to do. So I love that you love it because I really don't. Unique ability team, Shannon. We have a unique ability team. <laughs> totally. It's like that's repetitive and arduous to me, but I love you that you love to do it. <laughs> yeah. But the right ones are so cool. And I, I love the fact that people read it and go, oh my gosh, I could not talk to you because you've got me all over it. It's got my name on it, right? Which who could resist that? <laughs> which I think is really fun. Okay. So people want to reach out to you, contact you. What's your email, phone number, all the good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So go ahead, Alec. Oh, visionsparksearch.com. That's our website, visionsparksearch.com. And they can reach out to either Kate or myself. So my email is alec at vision-spark.com. And Kate is kate at vision-spark.com. Very cool. Awesome. The thing I just want to wrap up with is and you guys don't know I'm going to ask you this, but you're capable of handling it. We touched on it a little bit. There's a mindset needed on the behalf of the entrepreneur or the team hiring to be able to really make full use of this potential amazing asset of a team member as an innovation manager. Just let's touch on that. Because I think, you know, I was saying, if you're a control freak, <laughs> don't go here. <laughs> but what are some of the other things? Because you, you guys hire all the time and you know, what results in success, you know, with whom it doesn't work. So what are some of the right hiring mindsets that you encourage people to have when they embark on this sort of venture? Yeah, I would say, number one, be super clear on who you want to hire to begin with, right? So, you know, the good book says an employer who hires a fool is like an archer who shoots at random, right? So you want to be super clear on who you want. What are the behaviors, traits, and values? What does success look like? And then follow a process. And you don't want to hire from a pool of one. You know, don't have one person in mind. You want a decent pool of candidates to choose from that have been highly vetted, that fit with your culture, which is super important, that work with you. You know, this position is so critical. It's a yin and yang type mm-hmm. approach, right? You got to fit with this person. They, like Kate said, you got to be a yes and type person. So that's my advice. Mm, that's fabulous. Kate, what would you add to that? You know, I'm going to just kind of stand on your shoulders there, Alec, right? And they're tall shoulders because he's really tall. So no, I, I really think the process is so key. If you don't have a core hiring process right now in this hot candidate market, then I would say you, you need to get one Monday. You know what I mean? Having a, a process, you know, writing that position profile that to attract the right candidate, that's the first part of the process. Having an assessment is another key component of the process that we recommend. Making sure that your team is involved in the vetting Mm -hmm. and, you know, really having a way to get into a behavioral interview and scoring people based on their answers. You know, these are all things that we do, but I just think the process is just so key right now. It's interesting. So I know early days of coach. So 1991 is when I joined and it was kind of fascinating because sometimes Babs usually, or one of the others would meet someone like, oh my gosh, they are so cool. They'd be a great fit for coach. And then we'd hire them. And then we'd figure out what they would do. (laughs) Right. Good luck with that. Like that was 30 plus years ago, but good luck with that now. 
<laughs> unless you're in a really rare circumstance or pocket of the world, it's not about a fly by the seat of the pants thing anymore, especially if you're looking for a very special talent like this. And I love that things can be customized. I love, as you guys both said, it's customized to you as the visionary or to you as the team leader. You know, senior team leaders also often need innovation managers, right? And I think in terms of the proportion, it's often one visionary, you know, two in a company, I can't even say roughly how many people, but say 50 to 100, Mm -hmm. you know, two to three, perhaps innovation managers. And then almost everyone else is a focus manager. They're a specialist in their job. So that's kind of proportion. So the fact that they're only maybe 5%, Alex, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs are actually only, as per Dan's research, I say research in quotes, is about 4% of the population. So almost as unique as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. hopefully not quite so much, but that doesn't surprise me. And really successful entrepreneurs are like 4% of that. So we're looking for, in terms of proportion, how many do you need? One to three, like Dan has three that I can think of and one main one, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, like you don't necessarily need a ton of them, especially if you get them, if they meet these five criteria, I think it's really powerful because they're an A player, right? They're the best possible talent you can get at that pay grade. And when you have an A player serving you and your ideas, feature just gets so much bigger. 10X becomes a lot more doable, as you said, Alec. Awesome. And the entrepreneur is going to love being an entrepreneur having someone cheering for them, rooting for them, saying yes, figuring out their ideas, making it work. So they're going to have much more energy because they're going to have much more enjoyment because they're in their unique ability. Yes. And you're protected from all of the other stuff. And you also get to be in collaboration with someone. Collaboration is so much more fun. Being top down, not super fun. But when you have to collaborate with someone on your ideas, how much more fun can you have at work? Seriously. All right. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? The closing thought that I would have is to remember that, you know, for you, Shannon, you are really supporting the team leads that strategic coach. And to remember that this is a gift to the team as well, because when they have a visionary who continues to have those ideas, it just keeps coming down and there's no break there. It can be overwhelming for team members who are already, you know, doing a lot for their organizations, really trying to be rock stars in their own role. And so I just wanted to just reiterate that because I know you just love the team leads at Strategic Coach, and I think this would be a gift to them too. That's a great point. So there's a massive benefit for the entrepreneur and there's a massive benefit for the team and the team leads. Great point. Alec? Yeah, I have one too. And it's something that you said about pain, right? So as the entrepreneur is experiencing pain, the way to reduce that pain is to have the right people in place, right? It's the who, not how concept. Mm -hmm. And so I could just picture like, you know, one of Dan's graphs, you know, with pain and that pain being reduced by having the right who's in place. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Reducing pain, increasing happiness. That's definitely the name of the game. So anyway, I just cannot thank you both enough for taking what we've experienced as a coach. I mean, Dan came up with the idea of this project manager, now innovation manager, but you know, I had to make it up, make it real, make it recur, but you guys have actually taken it down to the actual hiring level. And for that, I am super grateful and super excited because for all the reasons you just said, Alec, there's a lot of pain out there when people don't have this person in place. And what's possible when you have this triad, as I was talking about, is incredible. So if we can help move this ahead, well, actually, let's be clear. If you can help move this ahead, (laughs) 
I think this would be a great, a great gift to everyone. So thank you both for the amazing research that you've done. You've made an investment to make this happen. Kate, brilliant, brilliant idea. And I'm just excited because the more entrepreneurs with innovation managers, the more productive and profitable and happy both the entrepreneurs and their teams will be. So I think you've elevated something really important. So thank you both. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Shannon.